You're listening to Cultivate Curiosity, a podcast that inspires the next generation to stay curious. Cultivate Curiosity is brought to you by the Emerald Coast Science Center, a nonprofit interactive science museum and STEAM educational facility in Fort Long Beach, Florida. This podcast is perfect for anyone curious about the world we live in because you never know what we'll talk about next. Hey everyone, I'm JC, the social media coordinator at the Science Center. And hi, I'm Harley, an educator and the community affairs coordinator at the Science Center. And today we have a special guest with us, Cameron Howard. Cameron, can you let us know about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. My name is Cameron and I am the founder and president of Sew America. We are a 501c3 nonprofit with the mission to regenerate land and communities through the education of agriculture, entrepreneurship, and self-improvement. So essentially what that means is we build gardens and we also divert food waste by making compost and then donating that compost to local community gardens. Awesome. So how did you get into regenerative agriculture? So the way I got into regenerative agriculture was I was growing microgreens in my apartment in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I was growing microgreens on a, a shelf and the thing with microgreens is it has like a weekly turnaround because they grow so fast. And so I was growing these microgreens. I was like, well, what am I going to do with all this leftover soil that, you know, the microgreens have been growing out of? Mm-hmm. And so I got my little cat litter bin and uh, I put in some worms and I put in the, the food waste out of that. And it was really cool to see within a matter of like a week or two that they had changed this food waste all the way into compost that I can then plant back into with my microgreens. Um, so it brought kind of like a full circle moment and I was like, wow, I can do this in my apartment, but you know, where else can I do this and how else can we divert food waste? Um, so I started looking more into regenerative agriculture and something that was very interesting to me versus with hydroponics and growing with microgreens uh, with soil base is you can actually heal the soil and make the soil healthier by growing. Um, versus just taking away from the soil, from the, I guess, from the earth and not giving anything back to it. So when I found out that you can actually make the ground healthier by growing certain things and also by composting food waste, I was like, wow, like, why isn't everybody doing this? And then that's kind of how I, you know, opened up into the world of regenerative agriculture. Uh, So cool. Yes, it is really, really cool. So you mentioned ways to compost slash divert food waste. Can you talk about a couple of different ways to do that? Absolutely. So there's a couple different ways to divert food waste. The most popular that people are familiar with is hot composting. And that's where people have their compost bins and they add in their food waste and then some carbon materials like uh, wood chips or cardboard or shredded paper on top of like that food waste, which is nitrogen. Um, And that helps the start the composting process. But the way that I really enjoy is without using thermophilic composting, which just is a fancy word for hot composting. (laughs) Um, But I like to use what's called red wiggler worms and black soldier fly larvae. So with red wiggler worms, they eat food waste and they stay in a bedding and they're pretty easy to maintain. And the only thing with red wiggler worms is they can't eat anything with meat, fish, or bones or anything with dairy as well. Um, so I was like, wow, you know, that's a, it's a cool way to compost, but everybody eats, you know, meat, meat, you know, meat, bone or meat and cheese, dairy products, mm-hmm. different things like that. And so I was like, well, how else can we compost or what else is faster? So I looked into what's called black soldier fly larva. 
And it's so crazy because these little insects, they eat food waste so fast that the food doesn't even get a chance to rot or smell or anything. Um, so when you're talking about like food waste, like for me and my family, we have black silverfly larvae outside at our house. And currently we take our food waste from the night, like when we get done with dinner, and we give that to our black soldier fly larvae, and in the morning that food waste is gone. Uh, so that's how fast they, they process food. Hungry. Uh, right? <laughs> that's really quick. Yeah, yeah. And the only cool part is we have chickens too. And so black soldier fly larvae, their nutritional content is like 40% fat, like 30% protein, and then some other you know, trace minerals. So it's a really good... Uh, snack or you know nutritional snack for chickens mm-hmm. and it helps close like that circle of sustainability um, because now you're going from food waste to larvae to feed the chickens and then the chickens eat that and they give us eggs and you know there we have the, the whole circle um, so those are the three most common ways of composting is you know vermicompost so using worms hot composting which is piling materials up until it starts to get hot enough to kill all the weeds and bad germs and pathogens in the soil, and then also with black soldier fly larvae. Um, so those are like the most popular ways to compost. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have one that we use in our house that's the heat one, so yeah. I think definitely looking into the, the worm one would be kind of cool mm-hmm. too, to have. Absolutely. And the other side of it too is with traditional composting, a lot of people think of composting and they think of the smell behind it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're composting correctly, there's not going to be a ton of smell with it. But with vermicomposting or with black soldier fly larvae, that pretty much eliminates most of any of those bad odors. So that's the other reason why I go towards like black soldier fly larvae for composting, um, because we want to eliminate all the smells, because we're in Florida and we definitely have uh, to be wary of bears and all these other critters, you know, creatures and, you know, nearby, so. And I also think people maybe don't want to compost because of unawareness, like how Mm -hmm. it can be easier, you know, but also maybe that it might stink. So if there's other ways to tell people that it doesn't stink if you do it this way, then then that's a bonus. And then people have like chickens, like we have a chicken yard of science, so (laughs) we could do something like that here with any of the food waste that we have. But you said kind of a misconception about how it smells. Are there any other common misconceptions? Yeah, I would say with traditional composting, when people think of, I guess, the smell when we were talking about it, a lot of it comes just from education or uh, lack of experience when making compost. So, for example, um, people that might have, you know, pest or that smell, that means that they have too much nitrogen in their compost pile, so too much green materials or food waste. So to combat that, all they really need to do is Add in some carbon materials such as wood chips, sawdust, you know, shredded paper or cardboard, and that'll help like eliminate that as well. Um, another issue or common misconception that you know it's always going to bring pests and it's always going to bring other bugs and stuff as well. And yes, it will bring some bugs, but the beneficial bugs that are aerating the soil and breaking down the microbes. The pests is only if you're not, again, composting correctly. You're not hiding those smells and, you know, it's not uh, decomposing those materials quick enough. Um, So that is another, you know, common misconception is if you're doing that or even flipping, returning your compost pile to introduce air into it, then people think it's going to smell. But it's really, it really doesn't if you're doing it correctly. That's cool. So I guess the next thing to ask is what is your favorite thing about your job? 
So the favorite thing about my job, honestly, is being able to connect with other people in the community that are like-minded, but really is the educational aspect of it. I love being able to talk about soil health. And when we do our classes, we'll have kids come in and we'll look at soil samples under a microscope and show like the living soil versus like dead soil. You can tell the health of the soil by the colors. So being able to show kids, you know, hey, this is what really good soil is and this is what bad is. And they can see the life moving around on the screen because I'll hook up a camera to the microscope and we'll put it on the screen and then people can see all that. And so when kids see that and it just clicks with them, they're like, oh, we're feeding things in the soil, not just the plant. That's probably like my favorite thing. But then also being able to see people become more self-sufficient is my other thing as well, because we want to see gardens in every single county in the country. Uh, that's our goal is to put a garden in every single county in the country. So it's just to inspire people. That's probably my favorite part. Yeah. See more dirt. See more yes. plants. <laughs> I think we have two other questions that might be a little different than your normal questions you would get. First one is, what is human composting and how does that work? Yeah, so that is really interesting because it has been gaining popularity on social media, especially like TikTok and all that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, and it is a very interesting way to look at after death what happens. Uh, so with human composting, from what I've seen in the research that I've seen, I haven't seen any actual um, composting morgues. I haven't seen. I haven't. <laughs> you been, know, like seen one in person. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen one in person. But from what I've seen is they'll take somebody and they'll put them into this casket that's oversized, uh, and then add in other organic material, like we were talking about nitrogen and carbon and mm -hmm. other things that might be dear to that person that they also want to be buried with, that you know, will also decompose. And then they can take that casket and that person and I guess insert them into the ground where you would put a plant or a tree on top. And so as the human body breaks down, there's all these nutrients and, you know, vitamins and minerals inside that plants can then uptake. Um, and so that has been becoming a very popular way of dealing with death and it's also a lot more cost effective than buying a coffin and you know embalming and all that kind of stuff and just you know more fun into the earth i, I personally want to be buried at, under a pecan tree i don't want to be compost i want to be cremated and then, <laughs> and then put into a pecan tree and then you know because the ashes are actually really good for plants as well. Okay. Um, so, so more than one way that you can yeah, yeah pop your earth when you go. Absolutely, yeah. And then once it becomes a mature, you know, pecan tree, then you know, people will be able to <laughs> have your pecans. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, that's kind of what I know about them. I know it's been gaining in popularity. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the things around human composting is just regulations and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, because different states have different, you know, regulations on all that. Uh, but I'm curious to see how it starts to spread because it does seem that it's spreading more mm -hmm. and it does seem to be a, a cost effective, you know, way to do that. But yeah. what are, what are y'all's thoughts? Are on, we the food know? waste? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> is that what it is? I think it would be super cool. Yeah, I feel like that in a way you would give back to the earth that you used and took things from for your whole mm -hmm. entire life. And I don't necessarily want to be sitting in like a little base 
with my family for so many yeah. years if I'm like cremated or something, you know, I'm giving back to the earth would be cool, I think. Yeah, from dust to dust, right? Yes. <laughs> Diane, who's normally here, was the one who actually brought this topic up, which yeah. is kind of funny that she probably saw it somewhere on yeah. social media, uh -huh. but it's it would be very cool. I think the pictures I've seen, it looks peaceful. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. is there a way to compost dog and or cat fecal waste? Yes, is the very quick answer, yes. <laughs> However, depending on what you're using your compost for is really why the answer is dependent on that. Mm -hmm. But most of the time you can compost, you know, cat waste and dog waste um, because it's high in nitrogen and also has a lot of leftover minerals and vitamins. The thing that would be the most concerning would be, you know, if that animal takes any type of like dewormer or anything like that, it can get passed through and that can affect some of the, you know, microorganisms and stuff. And so it's uh, called persistent pathogens or um, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you can compost, you know, those feces, but you can use that to make compost for plants that you're not consuming. Yeah. Um, so like flower beds or you know anything like that and so that's where you can you know compost that and make sure that you're not having any pathogens or cross contaminations mm -hmm. and yeah that, that's a great way to do that I know cats you know they do that naturally outside right? yeah you know? <laughs> so that helps feed things so. I mean lots of animals do yeah so and it's definitely something that like even when we were looking it up my sister's like can I put it in there and I'm like I think it depends on what we're gonna use it for because if we're using it for like we grow vegetables and stuff like that. If we put it, her poop in there, like... <laughs> We're eating her poop. Yeah. So it, it's good to know that for certain things, yes, you can. And it'll yeah. be safe. For Would everybody. you recommend, like, two separate compost type bins then? Yeah. It depends on how serious somebody wants to get into it. I mean, if it's just, you know, somebody at home, then yes. But I would make sure to get a compost thermometer because when the compost reaches around 140, 150 degrees Fahrenheit, it starts to kill off those pathogens and seed, you know, those weed seeds and things like mm. that. So it can make sure that, you know, the compost isn't passing along any pathogenic properties to, you know, your plants. So that is a really good way to do that. The other good way is just to test the compost. So once you get it made, you can send it off to a lab for analysis. They can tell you exactly what's in it, you know, from carbon content to nitrogen to pH to, you know, all the metals or if it's E. coli or all that kind of stuff in it. Um, and that is through a process with what's called the U.S. Composting Council. Um, and they have a, a laboratory that you can send compost to. And, um, you know, for people that want to sell their compost, there's like a certification. Um, but they have a standardization of compost to make sure that you're not taking in any pathogenic or, you know, hazardous uh, you know, chemicals or anything like that. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah, I don't, like, I have a cat at home, but we don't compost her stuff. But I know in foreign countries, one big thing that people do is instead of traditional composting, cat waste and dog waste, they use black soldier fly larvae to eat the feces. And then, you know, they get fat and they have that protein. And mm -hmm. uh, their excrement is kind of like, it's like worm poop. It's uh, a sanitized or cleaner uh, material that you can then use to, you know, uh, inoculate other soils. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a lot that's of ways to Yeah, that's super cool. So, the last question, you kind of talked about it at the very beginning, but how do you make a impactful goal? 
So the way that Sell America is making an impact locally is we have partnered with Okaloosa County um, and Keep Okaloosa Beautiful to launch an organics recycling pilot project. So what that means is we are working with commercial organizations to divert wood waste, leaf litter, food waste, and also fish waste because here on the Emerald Coast, you know, we have the largest private fishing fleet in the world and, you know, it's America's luckiest fishing village. And so we want to take advantage of everything that's going to waste and we can make really good compost with that. Um, so we are diverting food waste that way. And then you can also divert food waste or brewer's waste from different you know, breweries and distilleries and things like that. Um, so that is how we are making an impact locally. And then for people that want to just make an impact in their community, one thing that they could do is they could, you know, just compost their food waste. Start doing, start looking into different methods of composting and see what works for them. Um, but then they can just start taking, you know, their family leftovers and put it into a, a three-gallon bucket or something like that. And then they can add in, you know, worms, black soldier flies, or the traditional hot composting method. Um, those are two of the really easy ways to, I guess, make uh, an impact. One other way that we were making an impact in Montgomery, Alabama, which is where we're headquartered out of, uh, is we were doing like compost pickups. So if somebody's really wanted to make a bigger impact in their community, could, you know, find out some residents who all want to divert food waste, and then they could, you know, give them a three-gallon bucket, set it outside, you know, if it's a neighborhood initiative or a you know, street initiative, then they could set out those buckets and people can fill up their food waste and then they can come collect the food waste for the whole street or neighborhood and then compost it themselves. And then now they're impacting an even larger community. Um, so those are some you know, simple ways to, to make an impact you know, where they're at. And that's kind of how we are making an impact as well. Cool. Yeah. I think that is all for our podcast today. Then thank you so much for being on with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you. Check out his social media. Yeah, yeah we'll have it all linked so that way you guys can check it all out. See you guys all in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cultivate Curiosity. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at socialmedia at ecscience.org. Tune in for our next episode in two weeks.